Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In Season 2, Episode 6, Sasha begins a four-part series on strategies to advance in your professional life. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Hello, friends. I am so glad that you joined in today. If you're listening, I have some exciting news. Many of you know that have been following my journey on social or in my life. I have written a book called Between Grit and Grace, and I'm super excited to launch this book this coming February. And I had a really interesting question that someone asked me a couple weeks ago. I was speaking with a friend and she said, you know, what is the book? Like, who did you write the book for? What is the book about? And she said, you know, who is the person that you really want to read this book? And it made me pause. And she said, you know, is it the woman that has like four kids and, and is, you know, struggling in her mid career or stays at home with her kids maybe, and is struggling to find the next step? Or is it the professional woman? And I said, you know what? It's both of those women. That's what the entire book is about. And I think what I realized is that I have written this book because I think there is a gap. And we as professional women often look at women who work part-time or who have families. And we think that we don't measure up because they have chosen to put their family first. And I think that women or that's how we perceive it. And I think that women that uh, work out of the home or are in a period of their life where they're at home caring for children, look at us and think, oh, you know, I've really let myself down. I haven't like kept up with my professional career or my dreams or my aspirations. And we often pit each other against each other. And we create this gap that really doesn't have to exist because the truth is that women are complex beings. And I don't know very... I don't know any women that aren't both of those things that aren't, that don't have dreams and aspirations to that expand outside of maybe the scope of their family, but also don't have a deep desire to put their family first and their friends first and their relationships first. And so the book that I wrote between grit and grace, it is both of those women because those women are one. And whether you are working full time or whether you're working part time or whether you're on a hiatus from work and you're raising your family or you're in some other transition, maybe you're taking care of elderly patients or parents, whatever you're taking care of or whatever you're doing in your life, there's probably this inner struggle where you're looking around and comparing yourself to the next woman. And that's what grit and grace is written about. It's about the fact that we as women so often have so many things more in common than we do different. And when we are brave enough to live as our authentic self, we are then become brave enough to actually accept other women in their authentic selves. So I really hope that you buy the book. You can go to Amazon and just search between Grit and Grace and Sasha Shilkut and you can buy the book on presale. We're going to have a super fun book club and you want to belong to my mailing list because if you want to be in the book club and you want to get an early preview of the book, you need to subscribe to becomebraveenough.com. Go there, sign up, 
And I'm super excited because you can join the book club and we're going to have some amazing discussions. I know. And I want this book to be for every woman. I don't want you to think you have to be a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher or whatever it is you do to be a part of this community. Um, If you are at home and you're in a time where you're raising children or you're in between jobs or you are working maybe in a job that isn't your dream job, this book is also for you. I want you to feel that you belong. As many of you know, I do a lot of coaching and I coach women primarily in classes and one-on-one and in groups and retreats and conferences. And in the last couple years of focusing on coaching women in their professional life, I realized that there are opportunities that often do not come to women or that don't present themselves to women. So what I want to do in the next four-part series is focus on strategies to advance professionally. And this can be in an area that you want to grow in. So maybe you're an entrepreneur, you're starting a business, you've never had an online business, or you've never had a side gig, or you're trying to launch into a new career path. Um, Or it can even be that you're in a current job that you are not happy in and you want to maybe pause in what I call the pause and pivot into a different role. I want to do a four-part series looking at ways specifically that I think women miss opportunities to advance. Sometimes it's because those opportunities are not presented to us um, and we have to make them happen ourselves, unfortunately, due to bias or other circumstances, or perhaps we don't see ourselves as being worthy of those opportunities or we don't even think about those opportunities. So today I want to focus on what I think is one of the most important things that we as women often fail to do, or we don't get invited to the club, so to speak, or invited to the table. And that is the area of networking. Now I have a lot of friends that whenever I talk about networking, they just kind of cringe. And a lot of them are introverts because I know what people peopling (laughs) or networking does to introverts. If you are an introvert and you are even the, the thought of someone suggesting that you go to an event and network or that you start networking outside of your safe circle of extroverts that have adopted you, you kind of want to cringe and curl up in a ball and just, you know, like drink a glass of wine or a hot cup of tea and throw a blanket around yourself and disappear. <laughs> And I know this because I have a lot of introverted friends and most of the people in my close circle of friends are actually introverts. It's funny because when I, when I actually meet someone who's as extroverted as myself, I get all excited because for some reason I adopt introverts as my close friends. And so I want you to hang out and listen, even if you're thinking like, oh, this is all going to be for the extroverted people who would find it easy to network and find it easy. It's actually not. It's for both of you, um, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. So please listen, because networking is so vital to our career path. And it's something that we as women often fail to do because we're often not invited into the circles where networking commonly happens for men. And I want to give some tips, some practical tips for how to network and what opportunities exist out there and when we should seize those. So I'm going to just bust some myths today. That's how we're going to attack this. So myth number one that I hear commonly over and over in groups that I coach, and I see this happen before me in conferences, and that is I need an introduction to network. 
actually you don't. So most of us wait for someone to introduce us to the person that we want to meet or the person or the circle that we want to be in. We wait for, for example, our boss to make an introduction or we wait for it to become naturally, or we even go to, you know, areas like events or conferences or sit on panels or go to committee and we wait for someone to introduce themselves to us or to introduce ourselves to another person that we perhaps then can network with. And what we fail to do is just go up to the person or go into the circle and invite ourselves. And this is scary, right? It it requires courage. It requires confidence. So we often think we just naturally lack that. We think, well, we're just not a confident person or this is uncomfortable because in our mind is myth number two. We think networking must always be comfortable. Actually, both of those things that we have to be that we have to be invited to network or we need an introduction to network and that networking is always comfortable. Those things lead us to just kind of push back into our seat. I can tell you I'm an extremely extroverted person and there's times where networking is really uncomfortable for me. I will go into a new uh, room or new committee or a new group of people and I don't know anyone and even myself and I consider myself a fairly confident person. I start thinking, gosh, I I don't know if I fit in with these people. What am I going to have in common with them? And so it's really important that we embrace the uncomfortable when we start to network because it's when we expand outside of our comfort zones and outside of our circles, that's when magic happens. That's when you actually start rubbing shoulders with people that think differently than you, that look differently than you, that run in different circles. And you know what? That's how things get done. That's how you advance in your career. That's how you make connections. I can tell you that oftentimes some of the best relationships and collaborations that I have formed in my networking circles has been that have come from a place of discomfort. And that means maybe it's someone that I actually uh, was very contrarian with or thought very opposite of me and that I, you know, maybe I was assigned a project to and I thought, oh, this person really doesn't get me. They're very different from me. And those networking opportunities to actually put myself in an uncomfortable situation led to me thinking differently, thinking better, thinking more innovatively and developing strong connections with people that may have initially seen me and as, as an adversary, And so, or they have come from times where I've just been really bold and really brave and just gone up to someone and said, Hey, can you give me five minutes of your time? I would like to ask you a question. So I think sometimes we often think that we have to be invited to the circle or we have to uh, feel really comfortable to really form a bond with someone. It doesn't have to be that way. So I want to challenge you if you are to think proactively about networking. So if you are in a circle and you know you're going to be in an event and there's perhaps someone there that you, that could really help you, you know, promote you in a specific arena or teach you something, even if it's a three minute conversation, be brave enough to go up and ask that person a question. I've done this many times where I've been in circles where there's someone that I know that I will never have access to again. And I just want three minutes of their time. I always have a very specific question when I approach that person and I get right to the point. And nine times out of 10, whoever that person is, will give me the wisdom or give me the feedback or give me the advice or give me the connection that I need to network. And so this is really, really important. Uh, the third thing is that I often think 
that we have to network with people who we share similar interests with. For example, say you're going to a conference and you walk into the room and there's a group of, let's just, I'm just going to make this up. Let's say there's a group of lawyers and there's a group of doctors and there's a group of uh, professors, teachers. Well, I'm a doctor. So what table am I naturally going to be drawn to? I'm going to be drawn to the doctor table. I'm going to sit down with a bunch of doctors and guess what's going to happen. We're going to talk about familiar stories. We're going to share and uh, similar interests. That's really not a great networking opportunity for me. I am actually going to have more diverse thinking and improve my thoughts and also improve my connections and my ability to have a broader diverse network. If I go sit at a table of lawyers or a table of teachers, I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. And I see this happen at meetings all the time. So I see people connecting with friends at meetings and they're like, oh, we're going to go to dinner with these people. We're going to have, you know, we're going to sit and talk with these people. And they kind of, what they do is they go internal and they make their circle smaller because they're connecting. Like there's nothing wrong with going to meetings and, and meeting up with old friends. But when you are at a conference, especially a professional conference, it is such a huge opportunity to network. And what we do is what we need to do is we need to expand our circle by going up to someone and saying, Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain about these three issues? This is what I do all the time. So if I know that there's someone at a meeting who let's say does gender bias work, I publish on gender bias and I know that this person's going to be at the meeting. I don't need to ask them to dinner or to have, you know, lunch with me, or I don't need to go sit next to them, but I do approach them and say, can I buy you a cup of, do you have 10 minutes for me to pick your brain about this issue? What that does is it, it gives them a targeted question that I'm asking them. It gives them a 10 minute time limit. So maybe they're really busy and they don't have, you know, a dinner time to meet with me for dinner or time to answer a long email, but they have time for me to buy them a cup of coffee and for me to ask them specific questions. And then I always have like targeted questions that I'm asking. And this is the, this is also key. You want to leave them with an impression of you that this is Sasha Shulka. She's from the university of Nebraska. She does. She's a cardiac anesthesiologist who's interested in gender bias because guess what happens? You've just put your file in their brain. So now when the, something comes up that they're going to say, oh, I need a speaker on this, or I need somebody to work on this project, or this committee is looking for somebody, guess who they're going to think of? Oh, remember I met her and she left me with a three minute impression that this is what she's interested in. So these are really important relationships. And I think we have to get out of the comfort zone and we have to stop thinking of myth number three, which it's best to network with people who you share similar interests with. So let's get into another common myth, and that is networking must be done face-to-face. No, 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 no. It is 2019, people, and there's this amazing thing called social media and email. And what I love to do is I have... I can honestly tell you that some of the best mentors and sponsors I have had, I have met through social media. And they have created opportunities for me and given me such great words of wisdom. And this can be done over emails, over social media, following people, meeting people that follow similar interests to you and, and just doing virtual introductions and saying, you know, if you ever, these are, these are my three top topics that I like to talk about, or I like to study. If there's any ever collaboration that comes up or speaking engagements that you think that I could serve in any way, please feel free to reach out brief, systematic, and like to the point. And 
I can tell you that I have even emailed people that I have, I have had manuscripts rejected or I've had grants rejected. And I've emailed people who I consider huge experts and leaders in the field thinking this person is not going to respond to me with one or two questions. And they have responded. Now, if you send them like an email, that's five paragraphs, are they going to read all five paragraphs? No. But if you send them a brief paragraph and a question, or can you point me in a direction? Or do you know anyone that can help me with this? I, I can tell you that almost nine times out of 10, the people who I consider, you know, experts and leaders and so busy have given me 30 seconds of their time on an email that has led to significant connections for me down the path. And we often think like, oh, no one's going to remember us. You know, we're just this person. They're, they're not really going to remember me. But if you leave an impression on someone and you tell them what you're about in a 30 second elevator pitch, they're going to remember you. It's when it, when it comes, I mean, they may not every time remember you, but most people will, and they will be more than willing to connect you. One of the other things that I often hear is that, you know, ex only extroverts are good at networking. So this is myth number five. I hear this all the time. Well, that person's really good at networking because she's an extrovert or that person's really friendly and she doesn't have problems talking to people. So she's really good at networking. I cannot tell you how many people that I know that are really good at networking are completely introverted. And what they do is they're very strategic in how they expend their energy and they have great one-on-one skills and they approach people and they say, Hey, can you, would you mind helping me with this problem? Or can I make an introduction about this? And suddenly we're having great conversations and they're totally introverted. So it doesn't, it's not just your personality type, whether introverted or extroverted. I understand how it can exhaust you if you're an introvert to be around a group of people, but networking doesn't have to be at a huge event. Networking can be done over email. It can be done one-on-one at a conference, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee. It can be done quietly, personably. It doesn't have to be like this huge energy suck to network. And I think it's really important that you think strategically about networking. So one of the biggest things that I do is I do a lot of speaking and traveling. And whenever I'm going somewhere, or even if I'm going to an event or a meeting in my own institution, I always think when I go to this event, who do I want to, to learn from? Even if it's a 30 minute converse, a 30 second conversation. And I think about who's going to be there and who would I be the most afraid to talk to? Because that's the person that I actually probably would learn the most from. And I think to myself who, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be brave and get uncomfortable tonight or today. And I'm going to approach this person and I'm going to ask them a question. And most of the time I have been so pleasantly surprised because most people have taught me something, even if it's a two to three minute conversation, I can tell you that I have a friend who is a very successful businesswoman and she has, uh, amazing contacts all over the United States and all over the world, really. And I was brave enough once to ask her to connect me with a couple designers in this product that I was designing. And she, I was so afraid to ask her and I just sent her like a brief email and she was like, of course I'll introduce you to these people. In fact, why don't we meet one-on-one and I'll give you a whole itinerary of, you know, what I can give you in 30 minutes. I have 30 minutes to spare. I said, are you kidding me? So when I went to network with this woman, 
I didn't just show up. I showed up with a typed out printed list of questions. And I said, this is what I want to learn from you in 30 minutes. Do you think we can cover these five topics at 30 minutes? And, and I gave her a list of these topics. And she was like, well, I know we can cover at least these three. And we did. And I can tell you that every time I meet with her, I have a list of questions that I want to go over and get down to business with. I don't just show up for a networking with a high level executive who I know is extremely business uh, busy. I have targeted questions. And this is how we need to think strategically to advance ourselves professionally and just to learn educationally. We can learn so much from each other if we really break down those walls of fear and we get brave and we get courageous and we actually believe that we're worthy of other people's times. Time. So many women I know are like, well, I don't really know that person because I'll say to them, well, who can help you with this problem at your institution that you're having or who can help you go over this uh, boundary or kind of break through this obstacle? And almost every single woman I know can say one or two people who are really successful in this space or who could help them. And I'll say, great. Why don't you call them? Oh, I don't know them. They wouldn't know me from Adam. I'm not important enough. I don't know that they would meet with me. Sometimes it's, you know, a a chief officer or someone in the C-suite and they're like, well, why would they meet with me? I can tell you that they probably totally would meet with you. Most people will give you a cup of coffee, a time for 15 minutes if you come prepared. And the best thing to do is if you can send them the questions beforehand, because maybe some of these can be answered over email or maybe they're going to come then a little more prepared for you. And I can tell you that if we get over our own fear surrounding this person, we can learn and we can network. Networking does not have to be this huge event. It doesn't have to be this huge energy suck. You don't have to like go out and make up, you know, big um, events just to try to meet other people or even go to events to meet people. A lot of things can be done one-on-one and you will be so surprised at the wisdom that people will share with you when you start networking. About a year ago, I made the decision that I was going to have an interesting conversation about once a month with a different person. And I stole this idea from a friend of mine who I had nothing in common with. He asked me for comment, coffee and he said, Hey, do you want to grab coffee with me? And I knew him from work and I said, well, sure. But I'm thinking, what are we going to talk about? We're totally opposite. We really don't run in the same circles. We don't even study the same type of medicine. And he said, I made an appointment to myself, a commitment to to myself a year ago that I was going to have a cup of coffee with an interesting person that was totally different than me once a month. And I was like, that is so fascinating. How has your year been? And he told me how he had expanded his circle, how he had learned so many things. He had thought diversely about different problems and had better problem solving skills because he had surrounded himself with people outside of his profession. So of course I stole this idea. I thought that is an amazing idea. I'm going to do this. And I really did that last year. I had great conversations with people that were totally opposite of me. People that were in art, people that were in law, people that were in technology, people that are entrepreneurs and people that do all these different things that I have never done or would ever think that I would have anything in common with. I cannot tell you what those conversations have meant to me, meant for me. I have taken notes. I have learned to think differently about problems. And do you know what else I learned that I didn't think I would come away with? Confidence. When you meet people and they share with you the stories of what they've accomplished, it makes you more confident to think that you can accomplish those things. And those people actually give you great feedback and say, well, you know, you're having this obstacle. Well, why wouldn't you go around this way? Or have you talked to this person? And you say, well, no, I I don't know that person or I don't have that 
contactor. I'm not, I don't have those skills. Well, you, you know, this person can get, get that for you. This person could help you could meet, you should meet this person. And literally from one conversation went to another conversation, went to another conversation over coffee. And I have expanded my local network of entrepreneurs and business leaders and women so powerful that it has given me such confidence to be around those other people. So I want to encourage you today. I want you to think about outside of the scope of where you live, where you work, your community circle, your friendship circle. Who do you have coffee with? Who do you talk with? Who do you think through problems with? And how do you diversify that? Because when you start to network, what networking does is it makes you change your thoughts. And it makes you change the way that you think about problems and think about solutions. And it really opens your eyes to all the things that you could accomplish. And it gives you confidence. So for women, it's so important that we network and we build those relationships because as you know, we often don't get invited to the golf outings or the happy hours or the things that men kind of naturally gravitate towards and get invited to. Oftentimes we're left out of those circles. So we have to kind of build our own network and, and not be afraid to network with both men and women that perhaps we think wouldn't give us the time of day and get a little uncomfortable and really expand our circles. So this is step one. This is part one for strategies to advance. I'm really going to have some great business entrepreneur and promotion strategies for you in the next four weeks. And I'm going to go over something that you can do right now. You don't have to go out and take a class. You don't have to get another degree. Things that you can implement in your daily life that aren't super costly that you can do tomorrow to kind of expand and advance and grow in your professional life. So I hope you enjoyed part one. And I hope you learned something and I hope you're challenged now to go out and grab a cup of coffee with someone that perhaps you wouldn't have done yesterday. Have a great day. And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production. 